0: It's 8.55pm on August 7th, 2022. But for you, it's another episode of The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. The Media Files is an all-purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water-cooler conversations. I am your host, Kyle. And with me in my ever-evolving second chair is the birthday girl herself. Welcome back to The Media Files. Lindsay! Hello! Happy, uh, happy belated birthday. Thank you. It was your birthday yesterday. We had a wonderful weekend. Sure did. And now tomorrow, our kids start school. Yes. So it's been a very busy weekend.
1: It busy, full of celebration,
0: full of celebration. But we had uh we had some friends come into town, which was delightful. And we went roller skating again, which is something that I'm not I'm not sure I saw it as a hobby that I would be picking up at my 35 ripe years of age. But like, I want to buy a pair of roller skates.
1: It's such an old rink. It is.
0: And anybody that's lived in Vegas recognizes Crystal Palace yeah. as like the roller rink that's been here forever. It's you've an been to, you've been to birthday parties there, you went there during the summer to stay cool and do something outside of the house. And I loved rollerblading as a kid, but I had never roller skated until we went a couple months ago. It's and fun. Then, and then we went again for your birthday and had an absolute blast and now like i've been watching roller skating videos on youtube because I know we
1: got to get up on the tricks it's because, because those you pe- can't just skate as an adult no. you have to be like all in
0: you have to be good at it the people at the rink are insane. Yeah. They are so good They're at skating. They're good at it. And I'm, and I I thought I was like a decent skater. And again, like I'm, I think I'm okay. Like I can stand up on skates. I can go.
1: We're not adequate.
0: I don't fall, but we are not the people at the rink. Nope. There was a woman at the rink in like that red. She was in like a red, was it like a, a onesie almost kind of like know, a unitard type thing? It was, it was thing. a
1: sports bra and leggings. It was
0: it? I didn't know if they were connected or not. No. But man, she was just so smart smooth mm-hmm. and fluid and graceful but was like dancing while she- oh it was unbelievable yeah the most unbelievable thing i've ever seen so maybe i'm gonna buy myself a pair of uh, roller skates this yeah. is the what alternate a, reality version of me that gets into roller skating as an
1: adult.
0: <laughs> <laughs> speaking of alternate realities this week on the media files we are talking about everything everywhere all at once Everything, everywhere, all at once centers around Evelyn, a Chinese-American immigrant who runs a laundromat and is a foul with the IRS when suddenly she is thrust into the multiverse and has to learn how to repair her marriage, save her family, fix her relationship with her daughter, and save the multiverse. Everything Everywhere All at Once premiered in theaters in the United States on March 25th, 2022, and recently became available for streaming. It was directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, aka The Daniels, and stars Michelle Yeoh, Stephanie Hsu, k Wee Kwan, James Hong, Jamie Lee Curtis, Harry Shim Jr., and Jenny Slate. This is an episode where we're, we're not going to go deep into spoiler territory in terms of the specifics of certain things that happen in the movie. However, I do believe that this movie is best viewed if you do not know what you are getting into.
1: Oh, 100%. Now,
0: Lindsay, you did not know at all what we were getting into in this movie. I knew that this was a multiversal kind of travel movie. um, And still, that does not scratch the surface of what we get involved. So that being said, if you have not watched Everything Everywhere All at Once... I recommend everybody watch this movie first right off the bat and second of all pause this episode go watch it and then come back and listen to it because like I said no major spoilers but the discussion surrounding a lot of parts of this movie I think like I said are just best left undiscovered until you actually watch the movie go in blind I think it benefits most that way now let's begin Lindsay what are your overall thoughts on everything everywhere all at once.
1: I, you know, most multiverse movies are kind of difficult to follow. Like afterwards, you're like, I'm not sure that like fully made sense. This one, you are able to follow completely. Like they explain it. It's a silly explanation, but it works for their universe. And I really was, you're able to thoroughly enjoy it because it's like, okay, don't overthink what we're doing. This is just how it is. And it was excellent.
0: I yeah, I've gotta agree the, and the rules, like you said, the rules kind of get explained to you as you go along through this movie, and they're it's dumb,
1: they're dumb, but they work, b- but it
0: works, and it's consistent, I think the rules are consistent, and there were m- multiple parts through this movie where it moves so quickly, this movie moves. With a very, very quick pace. And if you are not paying attention, I think you'll miss it so much. It's a
1: very unpredictable movie.
0: Very unpredictable and, and unpredict- unpredictable by design, right? But the more yeah, you think you know about what? it...
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: Right. The more you think about it, too, the more things all kind of work and fit into place. And, and you start to think, wait a second, that doesn't fit. And then, oh, no, wait, it does. It's it's The rules, like I said, are consistent and well thought out. If not stupid, right? And But the stupidity, I think, kind of plays into this. And, and the Daniels, the, the team that directed this movie, previously directed a movie known as Swiss Army Man.
1: We really enjoyed that movie. We did
0: enjoy that. And I think that movie was polarizing for a lot of people because that movie is silly, utterly goofy, but very, very heartfelt, right? It stars uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano. Oh, and, yeah. And Daniel Radcliffe is a corpse mm-hmm. who farts, and has an erection that acts as a compass. If that sounds stupid, it's because it is. And yet the stupidity plays into the story, right? And they and they use these really goofy storytelling elements to end up telling you a story that by the end of it, you're very involved. It's heart. Very heartfelt. Yeah. And you start to think, well, how can an erection that acts as a compass, I'm speaking of a penile erection here, how could that be a heartfelt component to a story? And yet it is, right? And when you start to think about the different parts of this film, there is, you know, a, a portion of this film that surrounds people that have hot dogs for fingers. <laughs> there is another that portion. really great. There is another portion of this film that involves a chef being controlled by a raccoon like Ratatouille and they call it Mm Rakakooey. There's Rakakoonie, yeah, whatever. It's it's so stupid. And yet by the end of the film you've got a lot of emotions about these different things because it explains them to you in such a way that that the story actually means something in the context of those. And that absurdity works for it, right? It works
1: because there's character development.
0: Absolutely. And they develop around these absurd elements, and and they think it's absurd, too. They think it's goofy, too. And you're along on this ride...
1: With the With the
0: characters, which is is so much fun. Like you said, you cannot see any of this coming... And it's just so funny. the The story's very heartfelt, very emotional, and the rules are loose, but they work. You did mention that multiverse movies kind of have a ham-fisted way of going about yeah, they, this sometimes, they hit right? And miss.
1: They try to explain these things in a scientific way, and it it just misses sometimes. Like it's I don't know. sure,
0: and I I do think that you know the onslaught of multiverse related media that we've had over the course of the past maybe five years or so has been a lot, right? A lot of people have been taking, that, you know, inspiration from from these different kind of properties and I think it kind of starts with the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, Justice League kind of plays with the multiverse aspect a little bit with the Flash, how he goes back in time and interacts with himself or with other versions of superheroes. And then over the course of the past maybe six to nine months, we've gotten Spider-Man No Way Home, and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And so now that we are getting into into this multiverse saga, this just got revealed very recently uh, at at. Comic Con, Disney with the with the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going into a multiverse saga, and we're going to see a lot more of the multiverse. Loki was a big one too. Oh yeah, Uh, lots of multiverse jumping in Loki, and so you know the rules all kind of change and go different. But this movie somehow felt like it got the formula right for me in a lot of ways. Yes,
1: because it was unique from the other ones. It wasn't trying to make sense.
0: Right. And yet it does. It does. (laughs) But it doesn't have to either. It just wants to kind of show you the absurdity of it. I think a reason why this kind of storytelling device works very well also is you've always been interested in what it would be like to meet you, Mm -hmm. right? What if I got to meet me? Would I get along with me, right? What would I be like... If I had chosen to do this instead, what if I had never yeah, there's made a, this decision?
1: There's a book, um, Midnight Library, that explores that. Like, if I had chosen a different path in my life, how would it have turned out?
0: That's super interesting, and I, and I do like the idea of alternate history. Right, if something else yeah. had happened in history, that's been really popular in television recently too. There's been Man in the High Castle. Um, what's the... Oh, gosh, there's the one on Apple TV about landing on the moon, the Russians do it first or some such, that I've always wanted to watch. First... Yeah. No, not first, man. I can't think of what it's called. Someone's gonna write it and be like, you idiot, it's the show. Uh But I do think it's a really interesting concept. I think what Everything Everywhere All at Once gets right about it, too, is that while we're intrigued by this concept, a lot of movies overstay their their time in a multiverse, if that makes sense. And so, mm-hmm. so with... Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, a movie that I totally adore. I absolutely love it. I think it's one of the best animated films I've ever seen. Probably the best Spider-Man film of all time. It's, it all takes place really in one universe, right? And that's Miles Morales' universe where he's Spider-Man, and then everything comes into his universe, his part of the multiverse. With Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, we were expecting a lot of weird different multiverse jumping throughout the movie. And we don't get that. We really only get two to three big stays in multiverses using America Chavez as the plot device that kind of pushes that Which along. Was fine. It was fine. We get one small montage of that multiverse jumping. I think that Loki kind of handled that a little better. That was a little bit more interesting, in my opinion, in terms to show of, of how that was weird. And, and we got a lot of the that.
1: variety of Lokis.
0: But this one, We jump. We jump multiverses regularly. And where you're going and what you're doing can change in the matter of seconds. And you're following it, and it makes sense, but you're always surprised. And that's what I wanted to be from a multiverse movie. I wanted to be surprised. I wanted to be thrown off guard. And the Daniels really kind of figured that out perfectly. (laughs) Yeah. This movie did not stop surprising me. No. It, It got me choked up in certain parts, I was dying laughing in certain parts. The, oh the choreography, the fight scenes... The
1: fight scenes are, are very good.
0: Brilliantly done. Really, really good choreography.
1: And I, I have to say, all the props are very clever, because they're all common items rather than then having to come up with, like, new mechanics. Right, yes. Just, to, like, just jump... What, um, whatever, multiverse? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jump to a
0: different alt- alternate reality, they I guess. just use
1: those super old Bluetooth ear pieces, Yeah, they use Bluetooth ear pieces. Such a simple item, and that's so smart on their part.
0: It's so much fun to watch. I also think, too, and I think what's core to this idea about going through the multiverse, and it's what we've seen. It, we saw it in Loki. We saw it in Doctor Strange, and I think this one does it best, is that there is a lesson to learn, right? There's a lesson to learn from meeting alternate versions of yourself or alternate versions of those you love. You learn what it is about your version of that person that you love, right? Doctor Strange explored this a lot, too, with uh, Rachel McAdams' character. And I think that while it lands, while it it makes sense, it was pretty simple, like, oh, I guess I gotta let her move on, right? You know, that makes sense. Okay, but it's also just a little too easy, This is a deep, deep movie with a lot of complex family relationships.
1: Well, I think it does a really good job of showing the complex relationship between a mom and daughter.
0: And I think that's really the most, and, and not just that either. We have a marriage that's falling the apart, very
1: complex marriage as well. Yeah,
0: we have a a mother and parent, the grandparent, where that is a very strange, strange and and strained relationship between those two characters. Yeah, the
1: generation strain. Yeah,
0: and then the mother and the daughter. This is as good of a movie as I could ever hope to find. About a mother and a daughter having that weird strained relationship, something that I'll never understand, right? Because I just can't experience that. But you have.
1: But there's just so much going on that that's like n- hardly even... I, it's not a boring storyline because there's all. so many other things happening.
0: In fact, the way that it explains how a child reacts to the strained relationship between them and their mother is really interesting and and the overreaction that children can the take overreaction, right overreaction, um, yes and yet just how much those things mean to them i, I remember being young and certain things happening in my life and i i i think i've mentioned it on the show before of thinking you know what this is the most important thing in my life right now the adults don't understand they think that this is something stupid and I remember thinking, I'm never going to forget this feeling. I'm never going to forget being 15 years old and this crush that I have. I don't have bills to pay. It's I don't have a job to do. It's the important thing to. in the world. It is, right? Now, the stakes here are obviously a little bit higher with Stephanie Hsu's character. But still in that vein, right? She is, she is focused on things much more different than her mother is. And there's a big overreaction on her part in terms of, or at least her multiversal characters part <laughs> in, in how they're going to, to fix that. But it just becomes very, very beautiful. A really, really cool story. And I have to say that the acting performances in this movie, there is not so a good. There's not a dull one. On set, everybody.
1: Everybody's involved.
0: Is going full speed. And by very virtue of it being a multiverse movie, everybody's pulling two to three times their own weight in this movie. And I, I want to say, besides Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh is herself, and we're watching the movie through her lens, through her point of view the entire time, and yet she's doing great the entire... And you want to say, oh my gosh, her performance is amazing, right? And it is. And then you start to think about how many characters Stephanie Hsu has to play. So many. How many characters Kiwi Kwan has to play. How many characters James Hong, Jamie Lee Curtis, Jenny Slate. These characters... Are not being one; these actors are not being one character the entire movie. They are jumping characters regularly throughout the movie, and that's hard.
1: It's so hard. And
0: all of them kill it. Yeah, every single one of them kill it. And I got—I think off the top of my head—and thinking about all of the performances, Kwee Kwan is just stellar. I think he was probably my favorite part of the movie through through most of it, um, because of how he has to change. His or- originally, when we meet him in the movie, he is he's kind of a bumbly, stuttering mess, right? He's he's not confident. He's sad. He's kind of mopey. Silly. Yeah, also. he's kind of goofy, right? And it's it's charming, but he's mopey too. And then on a dime. He turns into this very confident.
1: He takes control of the situation. Very,
0: very physically able. Right, (laughs) has some really cool fight scenes. This very cool character, and he switches on a dime. I I mean, there are times where it's a one-second switch from character to character, and it's just brilliant to watch. I did not recognize Kaylee Kwan when I first started watching this movie. It wasn't until later that I realized he's Data from the Goonies.
1: Which was, uh, you were just mind blown blown, after. You're like,
0: oh. And not an actor that we see. He's also, I think, what's his name? Short Round in Indiana, Indiana Jones. But right. it's not a character that you've, he hasn't acted a ton. But in, like, that 80s stint, he was on screen quite a bit, and you recognize him.
1: He still looks like the happiest person. He's just
0: so happy. He's got to be so much fun to be around in real life. I love him. Uh, Stephanie Shu too, a character that I didn't recognize immediately on screen, and then you said, wait a minute. I caught it, yeah. She's in Miss Maisel. She's in The Marvelous Miss Maisel, which is a show both you and I love. And she's so great in that show. She she's, looks a lot younger in yes. this movie than she does in Miss Maisel. I think also by design, just by who her character is. And we realized after we looked into that a little bit, you and I have seen Stephanie Shue live. Yes,
1: yes. We saw her on Broadway. in Well, was it in it was New on, York? It
0: was on Broadway. It
1: was on Broadway. But four and, and it a half was... years ago. I don't know what the theater was, though. I
0: don't remember the theater. I could look it up, but it was the SpongeBob musical. It was in the, the SpongeBob musical. In the original opening run of the SpongeBob musical, she played Karen. A
1: very excellent musical, by the way.
0: Very excellent musical. Don't be... Don't be dismayed by it being a SpongeBob musical. It's fantastic, and Stephanie Shu was the original Karen, and we got to see her on stage. I did not recognize her at, at as Stephanie Shu at the time, but now knowing that, I think that's really fantastic, and she does great in this movie. I think, but you know, yeah. the interaction between uh, Michelle Yeoh and Stephanie Shu in this movie is just incredible. You really do, like you said, that mother daughter interaction. And before we end the show. I have to say that if this movie does not win an Academy Award for costume design, then the Academy means nothing to me anymore. Yes. There are so few movies I have ever seen that have gotten costume design so perfect as everything, everywhere, all at once. Again, fits with the tone of the movie. It is goofy and over the top and silly. And perfect. It just nails it. There, there. Stephanie shoes character, especially throughout this movie, there are scenes where she is wearing a huge, puffy white dress with a lot of frills around the neck, and her hair done up in the shape of a bagel. So cool. So amazing. And then immediately, immediately after that, she's in an Elvis outfit with blood splatters all over it, and amazing like pink makeup across her eyes. And you even mentioned it during the movie. You're like, her makeup. Her is Her makeup is so good. It's insanity. <laughs>
1: (laughs) So good, and it
0: just goes, it leans right into what this movie's about, and I think just makes it all So, so I think infrequently, and I know it's, I know how important it is, but I don't recognize costumes in a lot of movies. It's just not something that I pay attention to a lot. You're forced to pay attention to how dope the costumes are in this movie. They just absolutely nail it. Ah, man. I loved it. I loved it. And everybody, everybody kept reaching out to me. They're like, you have to watch everything everywhere all at once. Multiple people said, have you watched it yet? but we
1: were like, well, it's another multiverse. We'll get around to it.
0: Well, I knew it was going to be good. I didn't. It's sitting at like a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes or something silly like that. It's super high. And I knew it was going to be good. And I was like, I'm just going to wait till it hits streaming. And now I kind of wish I had seen it in theaters. I think. Yeah,
1: that would have been I really
0: would have benefited from this. I didn't know anyone who had seen it. Yeah. I knew a couple people who did. But again, I'm just so glad we got to watch this movie on our big screen TV at home because what a what a treat that was. What a cool experience. Everything we talk about on the media files, we do give a very stupid and utterly arbitrary rating to Lindsay. How do you arbitrarily rate everything everywhere all at once?
1: I would rate this film a bagel with everything on it. Oh, my
0: gosh. It, you know what? And again... And
1: it really is. It's got the action and the... Not, I wouldn't say the drama. There's drama, there's we,
0: action, there's comedy. It's so ends. great. I don't know the last movie that's made me really laugh out loud like this movie did and then also surprise me and I mean I mean I was gasping <gasps> you <laughs> yeah, know like you, can't, no, you're not. you can't believe Stop. what's happening e- this movie has everything everywhere all at once I mean that's the only way it's perfectly named yeah it's just so so good uh this movie for me gets uh 10 hot dog shaped fingers Out of 10. (laughs)
1: 10 hot dog fingers. 10
0: hot dog fingers. It's so funny. It's so, (laughs) it's such a funny scene. And then it comes back multiple times and you just see the- Two hot
1: dog thumbs up. Two
0: hot dog thumbs up. (laughs) It's so, so funny. If you have a chance to watch everything everywhere all at once, and I understand the absurdity of what I'm saying. I don't care what you have to pay. I think it's worth it. We waited until it was like $6 to rent. And then uh, actually we red boxed it for like two bucks, I think. Oh
1: yeah. And now- (sighs) Six bucks was too much. can't do that like I I said though
0: I really wish I would have just bought it saw it in theaters or bought it or we
1: could have bought it
0: you know what seen it in an IMAX theater I would have paid whatever money to see a movie like this in the theater I wish I wish you people had been more insistent on getting me into the theater to see this but go watch it let us know what you think about it but that's all the time we got for this week we want to thank you for sticking around to the end of this episode of the media files and thank you again Lindsay for being here and happy birthday you the media files is provided by rpgera.com. technical assistance is provided by brian and the producers are jexak and zanku i'm on instagram at brewstuff that's at b-r-u-c-e-t-o-p-h or the rpg era discord with the link in the show description reach out to us with what you're looking forward to and until next time be kind be honest and we'll see you later
1: bye